Hold on. Wow. Thank you for letting me know. I appreciate that. That's my bad. Okay, great. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Once again. Okay. I, it's fine. It's fine. Take two. Okay. Hi, guys. Thank you for coming back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm joined by an awesome guest this week. Guest, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for the people? I am Isla Ruby. I write for the website, thecosmiccircus.com, and I'm so excited to be here and to chat. Yay. Okay. Awesome. Guys, this week we're going to talk about Invincible on Amazon Prime. It is another amazing superhero show. And, you know, it's phenomenal. The first season is out. The second and third season have been renewed. We're going to get into all that. But before we get into it, we're going to talk about Can't Wait to Watch, which we're going to talk about movies and TV shows that we cannot wait to see that are coming out soon. And one movie that I can't wait to see that I think just came out is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, It's on... Is in theaters. Yeah. I have a feeling, it feels like to me like a Hulu show or a Hulu movie. And I only say that because like I spend a lot of time on Hulu because sometimes Netflix be like trying me sometimes. But Hulu, <laughs> Hulu has like very much quirky queer movies and shows down pat. And a lot of really good indie movies I've seen have been on Hulu. So I feel like it's a straight to Hulu release. And it starts Amanda Stenberg. It stars a bunch of other like younger actresses and like some other things. Like I believe an actress from like Generation when HBO is in the movie. Pete Davidson is in the film, but if he feels like he fits, because there are times where like he's cast in movies and it's like you're only in this because you're Pete Davidson and we know who you are. But he's in this movie and he actually feels like he's playing a character and he's like lending to the role. And Lee Pace is also in it, and I love Lee Pace, so. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Bodies, 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 because uh, let's start Halloween early this year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've noticed a lot of Lee Pace content around Twitter, so I'm happy for you that you've you know gotten to... <laughs> I've seen good things that people have been saying about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm really excited about She-Hulk. I'm, I'm a comic book person. You know, I, I write for a site that does like science fiction fantasy comic books um i really love i love the character of jen walters i feel like i've been she's she hulk i feel like there's been so much um like i don't want to say hype but i can't think of a better word right now because i'm very under caffeinated but there's been a lot of <laughs> anticipation for yeah. her you know and this show so i just can't wait to watch and i know it's out today but I haven't had a chance to see it. So when I'm done here, I think I'm going to watch. <laughs> I'm the kind of person where like, I have to binge watch something. Oh yeah. You know? I might like streaming has broke my brain. I have to consume content in one go. I cannot wait a week to like watch it and then watch the next episode. I'll forget. Yeah. I will put it off. I will forget what happened last week. So if I just watch it all in one go, I remember what happened and I can just absorb it in my brain and it's there forever. So I kind of do want to watch She-Hulk, but I'm also kind of just like giving it a chance to like marinate because mm -hmm. I know it's one of the longer ones of the Disney Plus shows. I think it's episodes, right? I think it's, yeah. it's either nine or ten episodes. Yeah. 
but it is a bit longer and it's more comedy focused mm -hmm. I think and less on like lore kind of like um it gets more of a Miss Marvel vibe and less like mm -hmm. Moon Knight oh yeah they're they're very different shows from yeah. thing I've seen I am interested in it like when it was first cast I was interested in it but I think my opinion has changed a little bit in regards to like everything with like the CGI artists and everything going on with yeah. Marvel and I think because I love Tatiana Maslany because she was in um, Orphan Black yeah. which is a very good show and I love that show so much but She-Hulk is like this woman who's like kind of like a bodybuilder kind of person and I feel like maybe if someone who looked more like Ronda Rousey but like taller probably would have been better cast for the role Tatiana Maslany is an amazing actress and you know there is a nuanced conversation to be had about casting people simply because they look like someone you know you can you should cast somebody because they think you think they fit the role and they can take on that character but also like I would like someone who can embody literally the character you know what I mean yeah and I love Tatiana Maslany, but I feel like maybe it would have been cool to see like a bodybuilder play it. And also if someone was a bodybuilder and they did play She-Hulk, it probably would have been easier for the CGI to look a little more realistic, you know? Cause like, there's a lot to do for like, to make someone look the way that She-Hulk looks. There's a lot that yeah. goes into it. And, you know, Tatiana is like 5'4 and pretty petite. Yeah. So like, Going from five four to like seven feet is a lot. You know, it, it, is, a, it is a big change. Yeah. Um, were you so you're an orphan black fan? Are you? Do you think she's going to be in the next um, like iteration of the show? I know she said she isn't, mm -hmm. but didn't she also say she wasn't going to be in She Hulk? Like the next, um, I don't know if it's like a spinoff or series, what whatnot. But I know there's been a lot of chatter about it. To be honest, um, I've heard about the Orphan Black spinoffs, and I'm going to be real with you, I don't really do spinoffs. I kind of <laughs> just stick to the original story, except when it comes to, like, Legend of Korra. That's the one spinoff I can, I'm okay with. Yeah. But, like, usually, I heard about the Orphan Black spinoff, and at the time, I was like, I went through five seasons of the show. There's no more story in me, you know. If there is in you, that's fine, but the story is done with me. You know yep. what I mean? I'm good. We went through a lot in that show. Like, the Mysterious Island, the clones were too much at that, but then introducing all this new stuff, and it was just like, I'm done, you know? Very complicated, like, super dramatic um, stories you need to have marinate and mm -hmm. think about and kind of be bothered by and not realize that you're bothered by days after. Um, yeah. Like that show very much embodied that. Yeah. It was amazing, but yeah. Like you get to the fourth season and you're like, okay, one of these one of these storylines needs to wrap up before season five. Because <laughs> if it doesn't, I don't know what's gonna happen. Yep. I don't know. But overall, I mean, I think I'm gonna give She-Hulk a chance. Cause there isn't a Marvel show that I haven't watched yet except Hawkeye. But that's just because I don't really like her Jeremy Renner. And I know they were trying to be like, oh, Jeremy Renner's in the show. But, 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 wait, hold on. Haley Seifel's in it. Wait, 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 wait. Florence Pugh's in it. Wait, go, go, go. Wilson Fisk's in it. Which means what? Daredevil. Daredevil. Like, they were trying to, like, 
pull us in. Also, yeah, like the costumes and stuff looked cool. But at the end of the day, I was kind of like, I'm good. No, we're good. There were a lot of funny moments in that show, and I think Haley Steinfeld totally carried it. But if you don't know, there's a dog that likes pizza that's, like, a big part of Hawkeye. Of I mean, not a big part, but, like, just a cute part of Hawkeye. And it was – I love the dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> for, a dog, for a cute dog that eats pizza, I'm, I'm one of those people. They just want to tug at our heartstrings. They're like, listen – Huh? Huh? Forget the guy that sings, makes songs for Ford commercials, please. <laughs> Just watch the show, y'all. Come on. Like, <laughs> give us something, please. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, is there anything else that you can't wait to watch? It's coming out uh, soon. Well, I don't have anything that uh that is coming out soon that I'm like super duper pumped about besides um Lower Deck season three, which releases Monday. Um and like it's Star Trek Lower Decks. And I'm really excited about that because um so in the trailer for that at Comic Con, they talked about and like there was a big tease that they were going back to Deep Space Nine. Um and like I'm, I'm a Trekkie, so I, I love Star Trek and Deep Space Nine, and none of the other series since Deep Space Nine ended has gone back to Deep Space Nine. So it's animated, but I will take it because it looks like they were doing it really well. Okay, that's cool. Um, I've always wanted to get into Star Trek, but I've like seen all the series that have come out, and of course the movies as well, and I was like, this is a lot of content. I don't know how I can keep up with it. Like I was like, Star Wars, sure, we can do that. And then the books came out and I was like, we gotta stop at some point. So I I, looked, I gotta drop a line. I looked last year at the total, I think it was like episode count, or maybe it was hours, I don't remember which, and it was like eight hundred and forty of Star Trek. So if if you're going to catch up on everything, it's going to be like a significant chunk of your life and you'll get cobwebs in the chairs. You're like binging it all because it's, it's like it's serious, uh, serious numbers there. Some things are meant to be hyperfixations in your childhood. Because yeah. this one you have the time to just, yep. you know, become obsessed with it. Like Supernatural, that was my fixation. Like oh watching that now as an adult, absolutely not. Fifteen like, seasons. Yeah, that's that was gonna be what I I said next. It's almost like Grey's Anatomy now, right? Mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy has eighteen seasons. It just goes on and on and on. It just mm-hmm. it's it too much. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. Um, I think another thing I'm excited to watch is The Bear, which is a show on oh, FX, which has my boy from Shameless and. Mm-hmm. I am, you know what? I'm all here. I'm here for a white boy of the month. You know what I mean? I'm always here for it. So, you know, if he's going to be the new white boy of the month, it's 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 about time. Because I've watched all eight seasons of Shameless. Eight <laughs> seasons. I didn't watch the other ones. After Emmy, after Emmy left, I left too. But, you know, uh, if he wants to give us, you know, um, line cook, energy, grimy white boy who's probably a dick. I'm gonna I'm gonna accept it. I'm gonna accept it. I've seen people um like I think I've seen it described exactly as that, like mm-hmm. grimy the grimy hot guy is the energy basically. So yeah. Yeah, don't they line cooks. 
don't do it. Like, <laughs> you may think that, like, you would want that in your life, but I'm telling you right now, that's not the kind of energy you need in your life. You know, maybe a busboy. Maybe the busboy. Maybe the dishwasher, because he's quiet, you know. Quiet uh, guys are really nice. They're always the best. But line cooks, no. Leave a lot alone. of there. You gotta leave that alone. I can tell. Because I was on the line before. I worked oh. on the line for like seven months in like a very gross restaurant where I live. So don't even bother. You know by experience. Mm-hmm. Not experience like I've done it, but being around line cooks. Yeah, I know. Like in the environment. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So if that's it for Can't Wait to Watch... We're going to move into our segment where we talk about Invincible. Guys, Invincible is a phenomenal show on Amazon Prime. And it is based off of the comics of the same name. Invincible is an amazing show based off the early 2000s comics by Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker. Robert Kirkman is also an executive producer and writer for the Amazon show. It is an adult animated series. And the show, like the comic... It's not like Marvel or DC, where there is a happy ending and superheroes are, you know, our rising stars. The show is kind of like the boys in a way where superheroes are real. They're not just in movies. They're real life people and they actually do save the day. But even with real life superheroes comes real life consequences that you see in this adult animated series. And the show follows uh, Mark Grayson played by Steve Yun, who you may know from The Walking Dead, and Minari. Uh, he is Mark Grayson. You know, he's this kid. He is the son of Omni-Man. He has his mom, Debbie. And Mark is waiting for his powers to kick in because his dad is from a planet called Voltrum. And he knows he's meant to be a superhero. And when his powers do kick in, that is when all the trouble and all the fun ensues. So we're going to go over season one because that's the only season that's out right now. (laughs) We're going to talk about it. And my first thing is I love the show from the jump. I thought from the very moment watching it, I thought it was great. I thought the show was very interesting. I love the animation style. I love the story. The characters are all complex, my favorite word. (laughs) But really though, like, it's such a good show and I'm the kind of person where like if I like a show so much to the point where like it's truly like something I hold dear to me if you say you don't like the show or that it was slow in the beginning or that the writing went on too long I'm gonna say you're wrong and I don't care if you try to debate me you're wrong my opinion is right it is the law so yeah but if you don't disagree with me that's okay like I'm not gonna be mean to my guest but like <laughs> I was reading some articles and people were like, you know, the pace in episode five was pretty slow compared to episode three. And I was like, please kiss my ass. Like, I literally watched the massacre in episode one. I need something slow. I need something to drag out, please. I need to breathe. Okay. Thank you. I think yeah. that's a really good way of describing it, too, because I think it. So there, there's a lot of stuff going on but the characters have a moment to breathe mm-hmm. and they have a moment to development or to develop and they face like real problems, um, like both personal and like global stakes, or I guess galactic stakes. If we're, we're talking yeah. about Viltrune and, you know, the alien. Um, I think, so you mentioned the 
the comic earlier and you mentioned the creator of the comic. Um, one thing I want to note about that is the same guy did the walking dead comic. So if you know that you kind of almost know what to expect with the show, that it's going to be, um, there's going to be like really heavy character development. Right. And I think one thing that's different with this show compared to Marvel, like, like you mentioned, or DC or really anything is that, okay, so there's no happy ending, but mm. um, like compared to the boys, there's still, there's still um, a sense of hopefulness. And that's really embodied by like Mark, the, you know, the young guy who gets his powers mm-hmm. um, and is then invincible. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, he's still, he's still optimistic right up until the very end, like that final episode, right? Where he says, and, you know, there's spoilers if you're listening to this, but yeah, really- obviously. yeah, yeah, right. So, like, I don't know if it's the last line of the episode or what, but um, he's like, in the end, I'll still have you, dad when everyone is dead and gone and we're like these old aliens, um, like he's still hopeful. He still wants that relationship with his dad, even though his dad has like betrayed him horribly and done horrible, horrible things to him and the rest of the world. So I thought that was kind of interesting and fun. <laughs> yeah. I was with the boys on Amazon, just a quick comparison because like they're both shows about superheroes and they both kind of, you know, shit on marvel and dc and they're both on amazon prime comic to tv show adaptations the difference between the boys and invincible is that invincible is like the show invincible takes stories and plot lines of characters that are spread out throughout the series and kind of like throws them in once by one like what happens in episode one doesn't happen until issue seven in the Mm -hmm. comics so for them to bring that into episode one has a mystery has like a murder mystery vibe going on throughout the whole season Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the main plot while there are other things going on like mark figure out his powers Mm -hmm. replacing um the justice justice league type team that yeah. they had the and bring in the, the, right hmm? they're the, called the guardians of the the something i don't remember what yeah. exactly it was but it was basically a justice league yeah and then bringing in like the teen titan kind of mm-hmm. like sub in for them to kind of take over that and with the boys the comic is not like the show the show is very much like this is a satire the comic was like edgy for no reason it was very much like I'm a 40-year-old white boy and I feel like I have something to say, so I'm going to write it. And Garth Ennis hates Marvel, but like Robert Kirkman actually does like Marvel and like superheroes, but he still has something to say and critique in regards to the superhero genre. And in Garth Ennis's comics, there's violence just for things to be violent, but in The Boys, the violence is like kind of a symptom of the allegory of yeah. this celebrity image that superheroes have in the show where they're real people they're in movies they also sell products and they want to be part of the military to support the military industrial complex and this kind of egotistical side of them where like their image is everything to the point where they'll do anything to protect their image and in that becomes comes violence from their powers they don't take accountability or responsibility because they're seen as kind of like gods among man and invincible is kind of like that except that instead of the superheroes being like egotistical brats they're more just like kind of like generally want to save the day 
<laughs> but the threats keep coming and sometimes it's like girl can I get a break <laughs> like it's like like Adam Eve I think she's a really great character I really like her I think she's really cool and I completely get how it can be hard for her to just like try and be a normal high schooler while her parents know that she's a superhero and don't want her to do this even though she has this gift bestowed upon her and she feels this duty on her her parents treat it like it's this abomination Mm -hmm. you know and I think everybody is really um like everybody is kind of struggling with their own identity in that show really struggling in their own way right Mm -hmm. because Mark um you know, we meet Mark and he doesn't have his powers and he's like dealing with a bully Todd and all this other stuff. He gets his powers and he has to figure out how to use them and what his place is in the world. Um, what do you call it? Adam Eve, like you mentioned, you know, her parents are basically rejecting her. And I think actually in the comics, the relationship between um, Mark and, and Eve was like much slower burn. Whereas, um, in the show, I think what it was episode two or episode three that they like find out about each other. I think it was episode two that they find out about each other and kind of join the Teen Titan esque team um, that you mentioned. So that that whole dynamic is really interesting. Um, I saw online somebody say that you know the show is basically if Homelander at, like had a kid and it was Spider Man, which oh. I kind of see that because I can see the comparisons between Homelander and um, and Nolan but I think Nolan like Nolan has a belief in a greater power outside of himself Mm -hmm. whereas Homelander believes in himself as like the greatest thing ever Nolan believes in his like war planet and like subjugating all people and like of course they would you know want to work for our planet because we're going to weaken them and all this other stuff. Um, I think, I think it was interesting that you mentioned that Kirkman um, didn't hate superheroes mm-hmm. because it comes across in the writing too, because I think um, so there, it's kind of subverting the superhero tropes, but it's not just making fun of them. Right. It's, it's like showing the parts maybe that we wouldn't have seen before like it's talking about having fun while you're a superhero like there's um there's the game of catch between i think nolan and and mark that's really a good um a good example of that right they're playing catch and is it the first episode or second episode like in the air right as they're flying and using their superhero powers like they're having fun while yeah. doing it as you don't see Moon Knight having fun with his powers. <laughs> um, no. I guess you see Miss Marvel having fun with her stuff because she's. Yeah. You know, so I guess that kind of is different now. Um, and also interesting, I think Kirkman wrote Marvel Zombies and maybe one other Marvel thing. I don't remember which, but so he does have that, um, like that kind of known love for Marvel. Yeah. I think that there's something. I'm sorry. While you were talking, my Zoom decided to do something, and I don't know what's going on. I literally have, I'm licensed with Zoom, like I pay for it, and they're being like, oops, 
sorry girl we need more money because the worst it's like i literally have hold on Oh my gosh. Zoom is really finicky because I know that when I've tried to save things before, like it's required me to do it on the cloud because of the I don't know. It, it doesn't always cooperate. And then there are random updates and things like that. So technology is weird. It's telling me I have five minutes left of meeting time, which doesn't make sense because I got the. I don't know why it's saying that. Oh no. Okay, I'm going to have to. Stop this. I'm okay. gonna restart my Zoom and then we're gonna plug back in. So just give me one second. Okay. Just gonna... Okay. Um so we're back. <laughs> we had a but, little interruption yeah, um uh, glitch. Um so we were talking about kind of comparing um, you know, Marvel and, and Invincible, and I'm curious, um like, what do you think of the violence? Do you think, like, do you think it serves as a story? Do you think it's kind of, um, like, do you I think, think it's I, useful or necessary or anything like that? I think because the show um, deals with superheroes, of course, there's a certain level of violence to be expected. And I also believe that the violence is uh, conducive to the storytelling um in the first episode if you're listening to this podcast i hope you've watched this show yeah, i if really you... <laughs> like i really do and i think that in the first episode when you kind of like you see the beginning shot it mm -hmm. feels like a marvel movie it's the bad guys trying to take over the white house and the superheroes are coming saving the day trying to take them out right and this violence serves a point to like these people are strong they have powers they have abilities they can take the bad guys down they are mm -hmm. heroes at the end of season at the end of episode one you see omni-man yeah. betray the guardians and take them out one by one and the violence in that is gruesome and it is shocking and it is a twist but it is <laughs> such a shocking twist to be put in the first episode at that like y'all did not have to do me like this but to kind of show that like omni-man is not supposed to be like the superhero the superman equivalent that you think he is he is someone where you see in the beginning of episode one is a lot more powerful and a lot more capable than the other guardians and to see him take out his whole team this ultimate betrayal is shocking to the whole audience and to us as well but as you continue to watch the show you see that like omni-man and his power is something that he relies on it's something he is confident in it's because he's the strongest man he's a vulturemite they are unbeatable they are invincible they are immortal and because of that the violence in that scene at the end of episode one is to show that even though he was working with these people for a long time, he always knew he was more powerful than them. He always knew he was stronger than them and faster than them. And to take them out so easily was to show that like he sees himself as a one that's like simply him. And even though they've worked together for so long, in the end, they really couldn't beat him and they really couldn't do it without him. And as you're watching this massacre go on, you come to the realization that like, 
Omni Man is going to wipe out these heroes, mm -hmm. like this team that band together and work together to take each other out. Because even though they all have their own strengths, they have their weaknesses as well, which is why they have to work together. Omni Man doesn't have to work with anybody. He's got it down all on his own, which is how he's how, how he's able to take them down all on his own. And the violence in the show is to you know show that like superheroes are seen as like these gods among men and these heroes that save the day but your powers come with this certain strength that can create such destruction and that destruction can be and when you have that strength it brings in enemies and those enemies will bring in the destruction that will try to measure up to your strength or outrank you in your power which is where the violence comes in and it feels like a lot but it's also because like it's meant to be realistic and it's meant to reflect what it would be like if superheroes really were real. If you had a unearthly, superpowered, you know, person on the earth protecting you, it would bring in threats to bring in destruction to try and meet their power and challenge them. And that causes a lot of, you know, violence and death. So I feel like... The violence can be a lot. I'm not gonna lie, and I think because like it's an animation, they kind of do get away with it. But at mm -hmm. times, it's like I did not need to see his head pop like a pimple. You know what I mean? It's a lot. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, I think I think I think you know you you like best illustrated it with that twist at the end of um episode one, like where we realize that he's not uh an omni man i keep wanting to call him homelander he's not uh, <laughs> omni man is you know not a hero he's actually a really bad guy yeah and it sets up this mystery that we don't get explained as to why he like took out all the other members of his team till what is it like it's towards the end of the show i think um when he's talking to his son and kind of explaining like the greater purpose and there's like this flashback of life um life on his planet right mm -hmm. so you know that's kind of an interesting mystery and you're kind of curious about his motives and why he's doing that so i think it does definitely serve the story um but oh my gosh some of the scenes are really really like brutal and heartbreaking like in yeah. the season finale right there's this scene where the um where mark is trying to be a hero and he's trying to save the kid and her mom on the building that's like collapsing mm. and he didn't and that's like horrible and awful mm. and then there's the train scene which i don't really have words for but it um it like demonstrates how horrible Omni-Man is mm -hmm. basically holding out Mark and like forcing him to destroy all these people on this train. And it's horrible and brutal. And like, it shows what kind of character Omni-Man is and like the guilt that Mark feels shows what kind of character he is too. So like, there's a purpose there. It's still horrible, but there's a purpose. And I do think that because they're animation, they get a lot, um, they get away with a lot more. Um, even though it's adult animation, it's like 18 and above. Um, yeah. You know, when I was looking at the animation, it really reminded me of, I don't know if you watched this, like a million years ago, Batman Beyond, just like the angles and um, some of the way the characters were drawn and i'm curious if that was like an inspiration for it at all batman beyond was like i think on wb after school like 3 p.m or something um in the 90s and I remember wb oh my gosh that's crazy the precursor to cw and, and all of that. 
Yeah. Um, but it was a kid's show, and I just yeah. like, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of curious about that. I feel like when we're first introduced to Omni Man, he's seen as like the Superman kind of replica, mm-hmm. and. He talks about Voltrum as like this planet that breeds superheroes meant to take care of worlds. And, you know, it brings into question what we know from the boys. Mm -hmm. If there is someone who is more powerful than humans, who has these abilities where they are, they do not need humans, really. What does that really say about them? It's kind of like from Watchmen. I don't know if you've read the Watchmen comics or you watched the show on HBO, but there's this character, Dr. Manhattan, and he's mm-hmm. basically this person who can exist in the past, present, and future. And in the Watchmen comics, the superheroes are just people. They just fight crime and they're people. Um, yeah. Dr. Manhattan is the only person who has real powers. And because mm-hmm. he's the only person who has real powers, he doesn't really care about humanity. Because he sees what's going to happen before it happens. So he doesn't see a purpose behind it. Even though he works with the Watchmen and he stands by their side, in the end, he just feels like, not like it's worth his time, but kind of like how Omni-Man can feel sometimes. Like with that planet that came in and invaded, you know. Do they live in San Francisco or like Chicago or they don't live in New York? They're in DC. Well, oh. so they're in DC, I think, for part oh. of it. Um, but they were they went to Chicago in the finale, and then they were like all over the world. Um, but I think the Flaxons, like those green guys that got old, right? That had this mm-hmm. the super aged up timeline thing um, that Mark tried to fight off, right? And didn't mm-hmm. like wasn't totally successful. I think those were. I think that was DC. Okay, I think. I was- I was thinking about when uh, Omni-Man, there was the aliens invaded. I'm not sure if it was the Flaxes or not, but he went to their planet and then he destroyed it. And it's this thing where you go back to what you said about Voltrum, where they breed superheroes to take care of worlds. And of course you think about like, of course there's an alien invading a planet, so you want to stop them. But to do a whole, to take that entire planet an entire species is insane and the thing about how many times he's done this throughout his long life yeah. shows that like he sees himself as the hero at the end of the day this mm-hmm. violence his destruction sure these people are invading the earth but it doesn't mean he had to like wipe them all out and literally brutalize the planet and he sees it as a means to an end but the violence is just a symptom of his powers he doesn't yeah. it doesn't affect him anymore you know it's just something that he just does and it just comes with it and he feels like you know, like, I saved you guys. So mm-hmm. what if some people die? You know what I mean? Like, what are you so upset about? And with Mark being his son, I feel like the show was really trying to show us early on that, like, you shouldn't trust this guy. And when I mean early on, I mean, like, 20 minutes into the first episode when he punches his son in the chest. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of harsh. But, like, yep. I was kind of like, well, maybe he doesn't know his own strength. Maybe he's just, it's tough love. But it's also kind of like, no, this is a grown man. He knows his own strength. Your son is yeah. like 17 years old. He he just started. Like, you yeah. gotta give him, you gotta have a little patience. You know what I mean? Like, you've been doing this way longer than he's been alive. You I know. think 
um mark not mark i'm sorry i think nolan's um like nolan feels he's totally justified he sees nothing wrong like you said he this is what he does Mm -hmm. and you know in that flashback we saw that he was like one of the most loyal and trusted officers that's why he was able to go out like get planets to weaken on his own like so he totally believes in this this is his mantra and i think when he met um his mom was debbie right mark's mom when he met debbie even though he said that she was basically a pet i think she really um like kind of you know softened him a little bit in a way that was interesting and i think all that kind of came um it came slamming back to him when Mark got his powers because that, you know, kind of focused that he actually had a mission and now he had his son was getting his powers. He had to try and get his son kind of up to speed and, and try to get him on his team. But Mark, um, like Mark has his own superpower, not from his dad, even though Nolan says, well, like my genes are super strong. Cause like they're this, the Viltrum DNA, mm-hmm. I think like Mark's real superpower is his humanity. And that comes from Debbie. And I loved the relationship between Debbie and Mark. I thought that was really um, like, it was sarcastic at times, but it was really like realistic and caring. And I just thought that was a really nice um, like moment for those, like a moment of character development for them. I also love that Sandra O oh is cast as Debbie. <laughs> like, you know, Steve Yun, who is yeah. Korean, and then Sandra O, oh, who is also Korean. So to have them together is awesome. And J.K. Simmons is a phenomenal actor. And one other note that I wasn't going to bring this up, but I just thought of, like, a lot of times in voiceovers, they, you know, choose actors who are well-known. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I don't think that works. Like, with Detective Pikachu, I couldn't watch that movie. I couldn't, like, really be in the movie because I know what Ryan Reynolds sounds like he doesn't sound like <laughs> Pikachu like yeah. it's different with like Sonic because like Ben Schwartz who plays John Raphael on Parks and Rec he has a kind of kid voice mm-hmm. and he's kind of like a goofy silly person in real life so for him to play Sonic who's like a child that can run fast it's it works you know it does work yeah. and the show Invincible has awesome actors like in their employee Jason Madukas uh mark hamill oh my god he's a big one he does a lot of voice acting though i've noticed um like he does a lot of animation stuff especially um who else oh Um, walt goggins who walt goggins he's uh cecil i just totally recognize his voice but he's the guy from justified and um oh the the preacher show i'm forgetting the the name of it isn't he from westworld too I don't know if he, he was in Westworld, but I know he was in that um, the new Preacher show, and I can't remember the name of it. Okay, no, the guy from Westworld just looks like Cecil. Yeah. I- <laughs> That's my bad. Man in Black from Westworld? Um, Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Walt- Sorry, I like totally derailed us, yeah. Um, oh, Walton Goggins. Like I the- never knew his name, but I know what he looks like. Yeah. I know you're talking about. He's so different, though, as Cecil, because he doesn't have that, like, twang that he has normally in his, his acting roles. And I was shocked to find out that it was him. Um, yeah, I love... Also, I think Mahershala Ali is in the show. He's in right. like a, he's in a few episodes, but he yeah. is in the show. Yep. And then Homeboy from Star Trek... Zachary uh, Zach Quinto. Zach Quinto. Spock. 
He's the robot, right? Yes, yes. He's very good as the robot. I love him. There are a couple of moments in there that I feel are kind of like call outs to Star Trek where I think he says like illogical or something as mm-hmm. robot. Like there are there are just a couple of very um like dry Vulcan things in there that were fun. Yeah. I was I was gonna expand on what you said. Um I feel like to kind of go more in deep in more into depth into what you said with uh Debbie and how Omni Man kind of called her a pet. I feel like there's truth to what you said and to what he said because mm-hmm. I do believe that like Omni Man does care for Debbie. Obviously, I love that like she was like, you know, when I first met your dad, he was a jerk, but you know, he kind of softened on me. And I feel like there are two kind of theories that like maybe he actually does care about Debbie a bit and like you know love her because like people love their pets they do mm-hmm. they care about their pets yeah. but maybe it's because he learned how to pretend to have empathy and compassion and love but i feel like with debbie as who she is and how so smart is she is i don't think you're gonna fake it for that long because they've been married for a while and mark is like 17 years old and i'm sure she wouldn't mind you know being with somebody else and not being with a superhero with the amount of times he has to fly away and leave for like a week on end and like you know blah 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 all this yeah. stuff but like basically i feel like even though Omni-Man loves Debbie, I know he loves Mark more. Oh, absolutely. And when Mark hit that home run, it was like that little thing of like, this little human boy, I love him and he can do great things. He's going to be just like me one day. And mm-hmm. he's holding on to the hope that his son will be like him. You know, which is why we watching that last episode, I truly was on the edge of my seat. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, please let Mark live. Do not take Steven Yoon out again. I can't do this again. But like to watch that and to see it is so difficult. Um, and of course he's like holding out hope that like Mark might be like him one day. And Mark's holding out hope that his dad sees the error of his ways. And he thought his dad was being controlled, yeah. like manipulated. Yeah. Of course, whenever a superhero does something bad, it's not them. It's someone else. Because all superheroes are pure heart and mm-hmm. cannot be, you know, twisted <laughs> by their actions or whatever it is. But, like, it's so hard to see that. But I did want to say one thing real quick that, like, I'm glad that Debbie and Adam Eve and Amber are a lot more expanded upon than in the comics. Mm-hmm. Because what always happens with male writers is they'll put female characters in there and they're there. But yeah. that's it. Like Adam Eve, no Amber in the comics doesn't really have any line, any speaking parts in the comics. She's just kind of there and she's hot. So like for her to be a lot more expanded upon is interesting and great. I do want to say, I feel like I agree with people when I say this. Amber is kind of annoying. Like the fact that she knew that he was a superhero the whole time, and he, she was still kind of like on his ass like i get a girl you want him to keep your commitments and communicate but he couldn't tell you and if you knew you could have said something <laughs> hello like we're yeah, doing I a think, lot right now i think i'm team amber on this one because okay uh, so a couple of things i think that okay they're young but they were like in this committed relationship right i think that he could have maybe told her that she was invincible or that he was invincible. And maybe that would have meant something to her, even though she figured it out on her own. But I totally agree with her in that she broke up with him because he was just flaking out 
a lot. And okay, he's a superhero, but like she's still, um, like she's still a person, and yeah. she doesn't want to deal with all that. She wants to be able to count on him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because it is, um, it's like the superhero dilemma. Like his personal life is kind of falling apart. Amber yes. stops him. He's kind of in a love triangle with Eve and Amber and um, himself anyway, mm-hmm. and like all that's messy. And it turns out his superhero life is messy too. So things are just not going well for him. And that's interesting to watch and see develop. And I think, um, so we were talking about Debbie and I think there's this moment at the end, which you, you know, you, you mentioned to the home run where Debbie's um, the flashback to Debbie and the flashback to Debbie and Mark at the baseball game are ultimately what convince, um, what convinces Nolan not to kill his own son because he had him right there right his face like one more punch and his son would have been gone and instead mm-hmm. you know he whatever fatherly um thing left in him he he pulls back and he just like goes off into space and we learn later that that's never happened before any um bill Viltrin, I'm horrible with the name, has like never abandoned their post because Alan the alien comes and tells us, right, that this is like unheard of, unprecedented. I need to go tell the global council or the galactic council of planets or whatever it is. Um, I think all that's very interesting and kind of sets up some cool stuff for season two whenever we get it. I think that's going to leave season two to be very ambitious because like, to be honest, I always think the second season of a show is a better season because the first season sets up the pitch and then we just see how it goes from there. You know, like I love Umbrella Academy season two because you get introduced to the characters and original Hardgraves and everything about, you know, their life. And season two, we already know who they are and what their weaknesses and strengths are. It's just expanded upon. But with shows like Invincible, where this first season took a lot of risks and had yeah. a lot of storylines, a lot of different characters, a lot of things that we were following. You know, we don't know what's really going to happen in season two. <laughs> there's kind of like, you know, there's some whispers and some ideas <laughs> thrown around because the comics are yeah. fully published and, you know, they can take stuff from the comics and put it in the show. And there's like, but... what, 160 some episodes of the comic, or not episodes, but like issues of the comics so there's some serious material there for them to draw from and get inspiration from i do want to say in season two i know that it's likely that mark will forgive his dad i don't want that to happen though because if you threw me into a mountain and you push me through a subway (laughs) i'm a lot less likely to be forgiving i'm sorry but like what's wrong with you like seriously yeah. what's wrong with you and i do feel for debbie because like that has to be something very hard to come oh, back yeah. from to see the man you loved and you stood by turn out to be this terrible terrible person and now yeah. you have your son and you just mm-hmm. want him to grow you want him to be like his father but his father's trash so now you're like Yeesh, i really don't know what to say my guy like i don't really know what to do my dude you know it's yep. a lot and you know, I just leave it in Robert Kirkman's hands. I hope that, like, they figure out what's going on with the... Apparently, there was another creator of the um, comics. It was Robert Kirkman, and it was Cory Walker. I'm not sure if it's Cory Walker who was 
the person. Is this the was, lawsuit you're mentioning? Yeah, you're, the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, some one of the animators of the comics is suing Kirkman because oh. they basically took his drawings and they made and they're saying that Kirkman made him give up his copyright. And you know, if you see a comic you worked on become a very successful Amazon show, you're gonna want your money. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll probably hold up some of the second season. Um because I think that lawsuit was just filed this year year. Yeah. Um, I think so do you think um in a season two or any other season, is it possible for Omni Man and Nolan to be redeemed? Like is, or is he too far gone? Omni Man doesn't want to be redeemed. Like you said, he feels justified to what he did. He would have to see the error in his ways to seek redemption. We're not doing the Kylo Ren route, okay? <laughs> We're not going that way. And the creators don't want that. They're okay yeah. with Omni Man being the bad guy. And I feel yeah. like also in the show, being the good guy and being the bad guy, the lines are blurred on that, you know, with like yep. robot. Yeah, and oh yeah. When he he's a robot, but then he wants to be a boy, but then he steals homie's DNA, and now because <laughs> he doesn't see it at all. Yeah, it's very complicated. And like, also with Cecil, who's supposed to be like in charge of the superhero brigade, but he's working with a known supervillain that like did a terrible, horrible thing on that guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Also, that guy's voiced by Ezra Miller. Which, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't. He, uh, I don't. I don't know if Miller will be back. They Maybe. will be back. Yeah, they will be. will be, be in jail. Would, yeah, I, I don't know what DC is doing, but let me say something. It's prison. All right. That's the only route left for them. You know, maybe yeah. a mental facility. You know, I'm sure. I think that there has been discussion. I think that they. I think that in the news, there was some news regarding them being admitted, possibly, but they're not coming back from Invincible. And I don't think The Flash should be released either. That's a bad idea. Yeah. I, I want to say that I hope that they get the help that they need, but I, I like there's a lot of stuff that they've done that needs to be atoned for. So yeah, yeah. I feel like season two of Invincible is going to see a lot of shifts, mm-hmm. and you know they gotta, they really gotta take some liberties, possibly. And I also want to say this is gonna sound maybe far fetched, but I don't think that Mark is Omni Man's only son. Like oh. he's been alive for a long time. He's been on Earth right. for a long time you're not telling me that Debbie's the only person he's been with. Like, he doesn't oh, seem like a... He doesn't seem like a womanizer. He doesn't seem like a womanizer. He's got the ego, right? Have the monogamous kind of vibe where they want the all-American family thing. But, like, yeah. I... He... Like, the man went to different, like, planets. And, yes, he decimated, like, species and, like, lands and, like, you know, communities and stuff like that. But, like, uh, I don't know. Someone who could throw their son through a rock, I'm not through a bus subway. I'm not going to be surprised if he's also a cheater. I think you're right. Um, I I never thought of that before, but maybe he's not even a cheater. Maybe there's like he's been around forever for hundreds of years, like through through history, like for multiple planets. So I think you're right. I think maybe there are other kids out there. 
Um, and that could be mm, something yeah. interesting to see in season two or there's a season three they were renewed for. So, yeah. um, and how different that character is maybe from Mark and maybe, maybe they want to be like, maybe they're just as villainous as their dad. I also want to say, I don't want Mark and Adam Eve to date because I feel like that's, I feel like the pairing is just too obvious, mm-hmm. you know, um, nothing against Adam Eve. I think she's great. And obviously there was like, once she stepped into the scene, you know, it's obviously like, okay, <laughs> we all know what's going on. But, you yeah. know, I I would prefer maybe a platonic friendship, you know, yeah. and like, and maybe, maybe y'all can throw in somebody who's a little, you know, like someone who's part of the rainbow, you know what I mean? Because yeah. everyone here is very much straight as a board. And well, Will isn't right. Will Will has a boyfriend, right? I think, or his yes. boyfriend died. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, and that I mean that's also a they very almost go in one of yeah. them just like on yep. the side. It's like here you go. Yeah, diversity. That's but, true. Yeah, you know, maybe Adam Eve is fine. You know what I mean? Like that work. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, you know, um. I do want to say <laughs> I'm very glad that like a lot of the female characters were expanded upon in the series because yeah. like we mentioned earlier male writers a male like men could write a story that is dynamic smart layered the structures the metaphors the allegories all the literary terms I could think of in the <laughs> story and yet the female characters are like styrofoam Yep. They are like packing peanuts. Boring. Yep. But you but know they are here. Mm. They are they are, you know, they are multifaceted here. And and it's not just the love interest that's multifaceted because the mom has many layers too. Mm. She's not just like she has her own mind and her own agency when she goes to the tailor guy um art and like wants to investigate the suit because she has suspicion. So she like very much um like She's a very complicated character. I do want to say that, like, it had to be hard to figure out something and have that suspicion about someone you love and then try to talk about it behind their back. Because, you know... Especially if they're a superhero. (laughs) Especially if they're a superhero. And I think that's one thing I like about the boys. I don't mean to be off topic, but, like, the one thing I like about the boys is that, like, the boys in the comics, they actually have superpowers. Yeah. So when they go against the superheroes, there isn't that much like tension. But in the show, in season one and two at least, they don't have powers. Mm-hmm. And when when Huey was talking to A Train, or when you know <laughs> Homelander and Butcher came face to face, there's that feeling in your body when you're like, "Oh, you could die." Like, this could be the last time. And the thing is, you leave nothing up to chance with the boys in the show because you see people, characters, die. And, like, just because the show's called The Boys doesn't mean the main characters won't kick the bucket. So I'm not leaving nothing up to chance. Like, it could happen. You know, and Eric Kripke created Supernatural, so we all know what that means. Yeah. But, but, you know, in Invincible... It means we're going to get 15 seasons of The Boys, right? I don't think we can survive that. I don't think we can survive that. I'm not gonna listen. You already you added Jensen to the show. 
and then you took him out. <laughs> so you're going to be lucky to see me in season four. I'm not yeah. going to be with you right now. Like, I only started watching the show because Jensen was in season three. I'm not going to lie. But, um, you know, in Invincible, when it comes to, like, what was he talking about? Superheroes, yeah. Debbie mm-hmm. finding out that her husband could possibly be the bad guy and then going to Cecil and Cecil completely understanding that like this is a this is a risk because mm-hmm. like if he took out the guardians that means he does not care and he will you know retaliate and see yep. so even though he is the leader of the global defense agency and he's top dog he knows the omni man could take him out yep. and that is something that like he is trying to tread very carefully and very lightly around and debbie even though she's like you know these are her his peers these are people that are on the same level as him. He might love me, but he could break me in half. Yeah. So, you know, trying to t- walk the tightrope of like, I love you. I care about you. I'm going to lay in bed with you, even though I know you took out like six other superpower people that were not even your enemies, that were simply your friends, and you did it for what? I have no idea. You know, you- it's it's hard. It raises the stakes for her and for Cecil and everybody. It makes it so it's a realer threat. It makes it, um, I think it's consistent with the, like how the character has been set up, right? Because he's not, he's not like lovey-dovey. He's kind of a, like a horrible like being. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's all consistent and I think it does like like you said in the boys I think there's that element of danger that he could just snap like he could just and not even care it wouldn't mean anything to him because he didn't care when he did that to his friends but I think that's really interesting too yeah and it's this show's obviously about like Mark playing like this super super uh, Spider-Man kind of role where um he has his powers, basically trying to live his everyday life, he's trying to manage stuff, and then there's Omni-Man, but then there are the other characters as well, and I'm glad that like, I love it when a show has the main characters, but also obviously the other characters, and they are also interesting, they are funny, they're not just placeholders, they're not just there to fill the time, like they actually do add something to the story, and it really does bring like, everything together, you know, because like, I look at the Global Defense Agency and you can very clearly see that it is in uh, meta- me, metaphor for the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. How like Cecil is trying to take down bad guys and yet he uses a bad guy to take down other bad guys the same yeah. way that, you know, not to, hi- not, not to hire Nazis after World War II when they went into hiding and Nazi scientists to, you know, help them mm-hmm. win the space race and all that. But it's kind of like bringing in the layers and showing how like we saw Omni-Man as like the good guy, a Superman, but he's obviously a bad, terrible guy and his one mission is to basically enslave the human race if they don't yeah. follow and like, you know, you know, listen to the Vulture Mites when they come for them and it's uh it gives you a lot to think about, you know. You can't really, I can't yeah. watch Civil War with your soldier the same again. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's a lot, and I'm very grateful that there are more superhero, um, 
movies tv shows whatever more superhero content that is not marvel but brings in a thoughtful analysis into like the superhero genre and yeah. what it's lacking you know i i thought along with that um i thought the villains were kind of like the uh, besides you know omni man like i'm thinking of the mauler twins here i thought they were really interesting and kind of um like they were not the stereotypical um like comic book villain right when you see them first you think they're going to be these like big dolts that are just like muscle but as they go on you learn that they're really smart they are like they're clever they um they care about each other even though they're clones and they would like throw each other in front of a bus if they needed to like they they're these really nuanced villains and i think that's kind of um that's different too yeah, the Molly Twins are interesting because, like, they literally cannot tell who mm-hmm. is the original and who's a clone. Yeah, and it's like that kind of like they find it that way. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's definitely interesting. Um, gosh, I don't. I'm trying to think of this anything else I want to talk about. Ooh, the fact that like Rex Blode cheated on his girlfriend. With duplicate, oh. and we said, oh, like, oh, "I wanted to." Oh my gosh, Rexplode! I will break you in half. Like, I how did you bag a baddie like Adam Eve and get he, you going? Oh my gosh, he totally deserved what he got—the beating from Monster Girl. Um, I think. I mean, to- totally mm-hmm. at the you know when he was provoking her. So yeah, honestly, like. I do, I will never get tired of seeing, like, the obvious douchebag character getting what he deserves. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't sympathize. We don't. Yeah. You you had that one coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, the show really doesn't hold back in basically every part of the show, really. Um, man, I... There is a lot to say about the show. Um... I don't know if there's anything I would... Oh, I did want to say this. This is something that was remaining in my brain a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the title sequence. I yeah. love the title sequence. I love the title sequence. Because like when it first starts, it's like... I You're watching the show. When you watch a TV show, the title sequence is the first thing you usually see. Or it's like yeah. after a while you know, there's some plot that happens and then the title secret happens and then there's like the theme song or whatever. And you're watching the first episode kind of just almost all the way through. And then near the end, you see the title sequence of Invincible. It's kind of like, yeah. it's like right there. Mm-hmm. And the title sequence always happens before someone says the word yeah. Invincible. And I think that there is an episode where the title sequence happens like over and over again. Mm-hmm. That might be, I forget which episode it is, but essentially like, the invincible title sequence is also kind of reflecting Watchmen and yeah. their smiley logo. If you don't know what Watchmen, the comics, they have this like smiley face that is you probably seen on like Walmart bags back yeah, in the early two thousands. Yeah. And basically, it's the yellow smiley face, but it's a splash of blood on it, and yeah. it's kind of like symbolizing the happy endings that people associate with superhero movies and comics. But there's also that dark layer of like violence, grim, and the things you don't talk about that <laughs> gives you the happy ending. And when you're yeah. watching Invincible, every time the word Invincible, not just his name, but every time Invincible is said in the show, the title sequence 
splashes and then more blood is put yeah, onto I get bloodier each time. Bloodier and bloodier each time because it's a it symbolizes yeah. the violence in the show. And it's also kind of like a cruel joke to the superheroes because superheroes are not um in other commodity like in they're everywhere. They they had yeah. auditions for yeah. the new big superhero team and like random people showed up with superpowers. Yeah, and it's something that like people want to fight crime and be a part of the superhero team. And you know, some people don't. Um, like Mahershala Ali's character, some people, you know, do it in their own way independently. Mm-hmm. And with um the title sequence, it's this cool joke on the superheroes, cause superheroes are seen as invincible you're seen as invincible you're seen as immortal but as we see in the first episode you're not not really because there's always something more powerful there's always something more dangerous there's always something a lot more brutal and there's always someone or some power some team some planet some species that will do whatever it takes to take you out because they want to dominate and rule and being invincible is more of like a state of mind and less of reality and Mm -hmm. mark calling himself invincible because that's how young people feel like when you're young you feel like you can do everything you can jump off buildings you can do whatever but you learn very quickly that like you're not invincible you very much can be taken down and it's a harsh reality like when the team the team team when they first went up against those um, aliens that were like the green dudes they realized very quickly that like oh we are screwed oh we cannot do this and it was only by luck by chance that they had to leave because they could not start in our atmosphere but when they came back around it was like oh okay we're really screwed because like what the heck are we finna do right now and even like omni-man who was like so powerful he took out a mortal man which is unnamed he came back but and that was ripped in half yeah that's crazy these names are a joke okay like (laughs) seriously because this is omni-man which is a play on like omniscient which is a word Mm -hmm. used for like the christian god for someone who can see all things and be all powerful and that's how omni-man sees himself but even he isn't all seeing and all knowing because if he was all knowing he would have known that his wife had caught on to him really quickly yeah. he would have figured that out a little bit sooner and that, and that mark wasn't going to support him that mark, that mark wasn't going to be with the bs yeah but you know invincible the phrase is just like showing kinda, how yeah oh no you can talk i've talked enough <laughs> I think that I, I love the title sequence. I think that I saw online somebody compared like the first title card to the very last one. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, it was kind of a good representation to seeing the journey, right? Of how dark things had gotten, how um how much things had fallen apart. So that was that was kind of interesting. And I think you said basically everything else. Um so yeah, I, I think it, Invincible is definitely a play on words there. Yeah, and I that is visiting. Sorry, it is, and I every time I've seen the time sequence of the title card sequence come up, I'm just kind of like knocked back in my seat because it's it's just this constant reminder that like these humans that have to depend on these superheroes, even they don't know what they're doing, 
Yeah. And they're just trying to figure it out. Like, new threats fall from the sky every single day with even more advanced technology. And, like, we just got to hop on the first plane over there and just try and take him out the best we can. And it's hard to do that when the most powerful being that you depend on turns out to be the villain. And when even the people of Earth find out, it's like, well, who can we depend on? Who can we count on? Some adolescents? <laughs> Yeah, like we're you supposed to count on people who are old enough to rent a car in most states. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. his son hasn't even graduated high school yet, and he's he, about failing out his senior year. None of these kids should be in school. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I know you want to live a normal life, but like, <laughs> if you gotta leave algebra because a new portal has popped up in Washington D.C., you might as well get your GED and just call it a day because that's yeah. just like, all that's left. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say I like Titan's character. Um, I felt like it feels very realistic and true to form that like someone who is a superhero and has that power would probably not want to work with an agency because mm -hmm. like if you have this power, you have this ability, you want to help people. But also if you come from a certain circumstance, I'm doing all this work for free. Yep. And of course, like the person he's working for. It's terrible and literally yeah. like a loan shark. Mm -hmm. And Mark's dad telling him to leave it alone and saying that it's none of his business, he shouldn't worry about it. Mr. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Okay, thank you very much. Some of us need to get out there and get that bread, get this bag, you know, put our feet to the grindstone, get out the mud. Thank you, sir. I would be interested to see more of Titan in season two. I think two. he's going to be back. Yeah, I think he's going to be, we'll see more of him in the remnants of machine heads organization. Um, and I think there's going to be, there's going to be a little bit of a power vacuum on earth kind of now that Omni-Man has been banished. The, the humans that are there are still, and superheroes that are there are still trying to figure out um, life mm -hmm. in this post, um, post Omni-Man world. And I wonder if Titan is going to try to take advantage of that and, you know, do all this cool villain stuff. When he took on the role and, like, assumed his place, I was really like, oh, are we doing two twists? Yep. Okay. Because I still am kind of rooting for Titan because, like, you know, you're trying to get out the mud. If this is how you're getting out the mud, then I'm not going to hold you, but yeah. we're still going to keep an eye on it. Because I know Mark's going to do this thing where it's like, oh, you're trying to help your community and, like, there's a better way to do this and, like, you should be, like, the good guy and blah, blah, blah. Mark, listen. Sometimes scamming is necessary. You know what I mean? Sometimes it is what it is. All right? I'm a Nigerian prince. I have $2 million for you. All I need is your driver's license number. Thank you. Like, <laughs> sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Like, it happens, you know? And <laughs> the show does, like, an awesome job of, like, trying to display a variety of characters that, like, you could tell who is kind of, like, leaning towards good and who is leaning towards bad and who people who make questionable decisions but when it's based off the circumstances and what's at stake and what they are looking towards, what they like Titan wants to take care of his daughter and wants to take care of his yeah. family. And, you know, leaving the house every night to fight bad guys and not mm -hmm. bring enough money to put food on the table. The, I it's mean, yeah, it's not a great decision. It's tempting to, you know, take on the, role in a criminal organization if that means his family is safe and he can protect people in his community and 
He's justified, right? He's a totally justified villain. Like, you can totally understand why he's doing what he's doing. See, that's an anti-hero. Yeah. That's an Mm anti-hero. Like, him and Punisher, like, I consider them to be two of my favorite anti-heroes. Sometimes y'all like to characterize villains as anti-heroes, but that's because y'all put them on a pedestal, and Mm -hmm. we need to not do that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. let's stop making the homelander edits they're weird <laughs> all right when anthony stares into a wall and he's kind of like dissociating i need us to stop making the memes oh yeah I, th- I think that they walk right into that and maybe some of it's intentional too because it, this, it helps. they knew what they were doing yeah like they they do <laughs> it's like part promo for the show part like, because it's it's almost it's not fourth wall breaking, but like the show exists in and amongst internet culture, and you can see it on the boys like their Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Like you know, whoever runs their social media is like amazing and on top of everything going on for the day, and like commenting mm-hmm. on it. Like it, it's like immersive almost. Yeah, I oh, also like I like the boys because a lot of the. Um, actors in the the show aren't that recognizable to some people i think they are like i have recognized who jack quaid is Mm -hmm. because he's like dennis quaid's son i believe yeah and carl urban he's from thor i recognize him from that in star trek yes (laughs) oh yes in star trek he looks so different from what he did in star trek yeah so different like I didn't even recognize that first when I saw it on his IMDb. I was like, even on Star Trek and all of that, yeah. But uh, with Invincible, they do have like kind of well-known actors in the show, but the show does not rely on these people being well-known to carry the show. They yeah. have to bring in like, you know, they bring these people in to kind of like boost it you know what i mean yeah yeah i think i you know i know there's a lot of talk about using voice actors specifically and we kind of touched on that earlier with the pikachu thing instead of using stunt casting but it doesn't feel like it's stunt casting for this it feels like you know it's all natural and everyone is voiced very well yeah yeah i feel like we've given a good overview of the show (laughs) so just real quick we can run through all pass i think i already touched on my all pass which is Ezra Miller, but also HBO Max. I don't know what you think you're doing. <laughs> if you listen, there have been a list of shows released that may be canceled or on the chopping block. Titans, Doom Patrol, Sex Life of College Girls. I just want to say, if you see me outside your door, don't be surprised. I'm still upset about Batgirl along with that. You know, I'm just every all of the decisions that they're making i don't understand and i'm sad and i think she should have gotten a chance and i don't think it should have been streaming in the first place i think she should have gotten a theatrical release because she's awesome and the actress is awesome so i'm sad still about that (laughs) i think that theatrical and streaming releases are the best way to go like with batman i think that worked really well like it was in theaters and then they put it on streaming yeah i feel like prey the movie mm-hmm. that was on Hulu, if they that. gave it the theatrical release, y'all could have yeah. lost some money off of the movie. Like, yep, hello. that would have been amazing in theaters. Like, I can totally see it. And I think people would have gone to see it because it's had such strong reviews and word of mouth. 
Yeah. I mean, it's awesome too. Not just the reviews are saying like it's. Yeah. Um, I think I have one more thing for I'll pass because I actually wrote it down. Okay. Um, I'll pass on people being mad at Jeanette McCurdy in her new book. Oh, are people seen... mad at her? Listen, it's only Ari- Ariana Sands because oh, okay. upset because she said that like you know she wasn't around a lot for the show, but like I want to yeah. say if you had to work a job where there required two people and one of the people wants to dip out and you know do another job but like not be there for the job they are signed up and contracted to be at and obligated to be there for mm-hmm. you would be pissed too yeah all right absolutely especially so. if you were being given a hard time and you were put in weird situations mm-hmm. um you there would definitely be some angst there yeah leave Jenna McCurdy alone okay she's been through enough okay <laughs> yep yeah but I think that's it but um is there anything else you want to add or anything you want to plug before we end? Um, it's just been wonderful talking with you. I'm, again, Isla Ruby, and I write for thecosmiccircus.com. And stay tuned. All her links will be in the description. Thank you so much for <laughs> watching, you guys. And we'll see you next week with another podcast. Uh, bye.